0: If everyone has lemonade stands, I think we can do it. These inspiring words were expressed by Alex Scott, the little girl who was battling childhood cancer and decided to have a lemonade stand in her own backyard to help fundraise for a cure. In honor of Alex and everyone fighting this disease, join s Bank June 1st through the 8th at all bank branches for Lemonade Days. Enjoy treats and activities. Help us support research, awareness, and hope for these children and families in need. Let's make people our purpose and build a brighter future together. s Bank, member FDIC. The Mike Tomlin Game Day Podcast with Steelers Digest Editor Bob Labriola.
1: Okay, Coach, um, uh, today, preseason finale against the Lions. uh, What were some of the factors you considered in making the decision about how much the regulars would or would not play in the game today?
2: You know, if you're going to box, you need to spar. And that's the reality of it all. And on September 11th, we got a boxing match. And so this is our last opportunity to spar. Uh, We're going to get some rounds in, if you will. Uh, to make sure that we're, that we're fight ready. Um, I'm just a firm believer in that, um, not only in words but in action. Uh, that's why we probably practice a little bit different than some uh, in, the, in the team development process. Every day we have our pads on. There's some form of tackling, for instance. Um, how are you going to ask guys to break tackles or to make tackles if you don't tackle? Um, to maintain possession of the ball. It's just certain components of the game that's tough to replicate unless you're playing the game. And so um, we're going to allow those guys to work. Um, we want to see their ability to execute great detail from an assignment standpoint, to execute some game planning, to be able to do some of those things that that are a major component of September 11 football. How many roster spots would you say are at stake
1: based on what happens in today's game?
2: Whenever you're going into this game, you always got – probably 60 or so varsity-like candidates. And, and and I always try to have an inclusive mentality as opposed to excluding people. Um, leaning in on this game, there's probably guys, probably 60 or so guys that have shown varsity-like traits, and they get an opportunity to put an exclamation point on their work uh, today.
1: Final cuts to get the roster down to fifty three are due by four p.m. on Tuesday. With respect to those decisions, how is the time going to be spent between the end of today's game and that deadline?
2: You know, some decisions you know instantly. The 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 moment you walk off the field, or even moments in game. You know, I think about Stefan Logan years ago runs that punt back eighty yards in Carolina. Uh, by the time he got to the end zone, he was on our roster. For example, um, those are the type of things that happen um, in the eleventh hour. Uh, when you get an opportunity to really put an exclamation point on your case uh, for inclusion. And so um, it's ongoing. Um, There's a lot of information to gather. Um, It starts, you know, yesterday. It's an ongoing process.
1: Uh, In your job here with the Steelers, you've never had to pick a starting quarterback coming out of the preseason for any reason other than a short-term absence of Ben Roethlisberger. But this year it's a bit different because you're making a decision kind of from scratch and it's a longer-term situation. Uh, What will go into that decision? You know, performance, um, you know, the ability to
2: lead, um, the ability to do the things, the unwritten things or the informal things that the job prescribes for them to do and be. To uh, assist in the growth and development of young offensive eligibles and things of that nature. But ultimately, man, it's production and the things that, that are critical of that position is the ability to anticipate, pinpoint NFL-like accuracy. Uh, what do you do as plays break down or as you, as you extend plays? Are you able to minimize negativity while also having the potential for splash? Um, those are the variables. All the guys have represented themselves very well. I've been pleased with the playmaking. Um, but it kind of comes to a close as we walk out of the stadium and it's time to make some hardcore decisions and move forward. But I'll say this, um, you know, it's not necessarily decision-making. It's just really calling what you see. And, um, and, and and the guys hold the power. The quality of their play is the determining factor. And so I'm excited for them.
1: Are you truly still undecided on an opening day starter at quarterback, or is it just a case where you want the candidates to sprint to the finish line of this competition?
2: It's a little bit of both, you know. Um, you know, I, I certainly have some hardcore feelings about the direction that we're headed while at the same time I'm light on my feet, man, uh, because in-stadium performance is weighted differently and uh, as it should be because that's where the game is played. Practice is football-like. Uh, preseason games is football. And so um, we'll get an opportunity to see the Detroit Lions regulars for an extended period of time. Tonight, there'll be some varsity ball out there, and, and, and so it's going to be a big week.
1: Following today's game, there's nearly a two-week break in the schedule before the start of the regular season. Do you handle that similar to an in-season bye, or is it something of a return to training camp? How's that going to work?
2: It, it's it's an in-season bye with, with, with higher intensity work. What I mean is the first week we're focused on us, Steelers versus Steelers. The second week, obviously, we're leaning in on the opener. And that's the general approach that you take with a buy, um, But a buy provides everyone with what it is they need. Some guys need rest. Some some guys need rehabilitation. Uh, some guys need work. Um, at this stage of the journey, almost all of them need work. And so it's like a buy uh, with a higher level of intensity and workload on the front end of it.
1: This is a relatively new part of the NFL calendar, this break at this time. So do you think or have you seen that, that this time frame – makes it more conducive for teams to add players uh, and then be able to get them ready for the regular season?
2: I think time will tell that component of it, but also I think that I don't think life is going to change that much for organizations um, in terms of how they conduct business. It's just whether or not you're playing Carolina at the end of next week or not. And under this system, we're not. In the old system, we did. But, under the old system, you were multitasking, you had certain veteran players that you had leaning in on the opener, some veteran players you were you know you were preserving um, it 's really not a lot of difference between the two schedules other than the fact of whether or not you 're stepping into a stadium to play a, an opponent or not
1: but I mean, are you more willing or do you think the league league wide teams might be more willing to say well let 's claim this guy on waivers because we've got two weeks now. we can get him ready as opposed to you know, if you played Thursday, like that year, then you played the following Thursday. I think
2: conventional wisdom says yes, but I but I just know the NFL. I think people in the NFL are always about acquiring talent and keeping theirs and keeping their cards close to the vest. And so seemingly it might be more activity, um, but people would like it to be more activity, but not necessarily as it pertains to their decisions in their roster. And so I think it's not going to be as much as maybe we would anticipate.
1: Okay, so when you're making a decision on whether to cut a particular player, is it ever a consideration that oh, he's the best we have so we keep him? Or is there a Mendoza line where uh, he's just not good enough to play in this league? So getting rid of we've we got to do something else.
2: Yeah, I think that's always an ongoing discussion. And, and that's why I use terms like varsity and JV. Um, you know, you have an idea of positional numbers that you want to keep at certain positions, but provided all of those guys are varsity. You don't want to, you don't want to be thin at a position and keep somebody that's JV when you've got the global field out there. And, and that's why playing well is so important for all of these guys. Forget how they stack up within the rooms or within, you know, the environment that they're in. There's a global component to this thing. And if you're varsity and your play is varsity, you might not do enough to to be employed in this environment, but you might be employable in another environment. And so it behooves all the guys, man, to put their best foot forward and play well and to be varsity. And that's what I was talking about when I was talking about going into the last game, having an an inclusive mentality about – who potentially makes our roster it being potentially six guys that have shown a certain level of consistent varsity traits um, you just gotta, you just got to you know be open to guys surprising you. Um, you can't care by what means guys got here. you got to give a guys an opportunity to show that they belong and they have to believe that and in turn they make that reality.
1: I cannot imagine it's easy for a player added who's added to a roster once training camp the training camp trainers left the station. But one guy who fits into that category is Hamilka Rashid, and he was added to your roster on August the 11th. What made him an attractive prospect, and what have you seen from him since he got here?
2: I think NFL experience is a major component of getting on the moving train that you described. Um, he's not a rookie. He's played NFL football. He's been in NFL circumstances, and I think that that's the component that gives them realistic opportunities. I think undrafted college guys that get on that moving train are going to get consumed by it all. Um, He's new to us, but he's not new to the professional game. He's been in the last preseason game before and had to state a case for himself in an effort to make a ball club and stuff like that. He's been exposed to some schematics, and oftentimes he's just learning what we call something as opposed to learning something. And so those are the things that really give guys like him an opportunity to make it and stay the case for themselves and why it's so difficult for maybe people that don't have NFL experience to to make a legitimate push under those circumstances.
1: So he entered the NFL in 2021 undrafted from Oregon State, so he was part of your draft process for that year what what do you remember about him from that
2: he had 14 sacks as a junior he came back for a senior year and had zero on a COVID shortened year Um, he had some schematic changes defensively that probably played a role in that he dropped a a significant amount more I think they maybe even had a coordinator change or philosophical change and so there were some things that made him somewhat attractive that could have made him a valuable guy with where he was slotted in the draft that got our attention. He also has prototypical outside linebacker measurables, and, and that gets our attention. Some of those guys are college defensive ends, and there's a transitional component to you know maybe being, be, being attracted to those guys. Um, we're attracted to guys that play on two feet, that have the prototypical measurables. He had some production in his junior year that captured our attention. There's some tangible reasons why. He lacked a production in his senior year, and so it merited investigation. And all of that has brought us to this point. Uh, but that's just an example of how we pour into the guys in draft preparation and how we stay connected to them and, and, in many instances, maintain an interest even after they come into the league. Um, when the Dolphins would decide to move Minka, it wasn't a long discussion about whether or not we were interested in Minka. We had done network. 12 months or so prior when he came out in the draft um, as an example.
1: Uh, In a situation like the one in the game against Jacksonville when it comes to the offensive line, how do you tell uh, when it's a case of just a bad performance or whether the players are below the line and then changes have to be made there?
2: You know, the the component of what transpired in Jacksonville that I didn't talk a whole lot about because really it's irrelevant in this setting is the lack of game planning to be quite honest with you, the preseason component of play. Um, It was highly probable that they were going to get after us because they were playing their third preseason game with more game planning and detail regarding schematics and matchup-related things, and we were playing our second in their environment. I'm not seeking comfort there. Uh, I'm not providing an out, um, but that's just the realities. And so if you bring an old conversation up, I'll give you that truth. Um, But this week, game planning, being personnel matchup conscious, there's a reasonable expectation that we don't see the things that we saw last week in this stadium. But failure and misery is good for growth and development, and that's why I didn't mind what transpired
1: a week ago. So on cut-down day and then the 24 hours after, in your experience, what position players, what positions are the most in demand by teams looking at the waiver wire? Uh, big bodies. Um, there's, there's a big
2: man scarcity on the planet. And, um, and big bodies always um, attract a certain amount of attention. Uh, old basketball guy always told me um, one out of four seven-footers at some point in time plays in the NBA in their life. Uh, American males that are seven foot tall, one out of four, at some point in their life is going to spend at least one game on an NBA bench. And that just kind of highlights the scarcity of big men on the planet. And so it's the same if you it the football bodies. You know, there's a scarcity of six, six, three 325-pound men on the planet, and that attracts a certain amount of attention.
0: If everyone has lemonade stands, I think we can do it. These inspiring words were expressed by Alex Scott, the little girl who was battling childhood cancer and decided to have a lemonade stand in her own backyard to help fundraise for a cure. In honor of Alex and everyone fighting this disease, join s Bank June 1st through the 8th at all bank branches for Lemonade Days. Enjoy treats and activities. Help us support research, awareness, and hope for these children and families in need. Let's make people our purpose and build a brighter future together. s Bank, member FDIC.